Hey Siri, play Social Geek Radio. Okay, Social Geek Radio podcast coming up. Hello geeks and welcome to Social Geek Radio. I'm Jack Munson, your host and marketing conciliary. Fun show today, we're catching up with Mary Kay Liston and Mark Liston. Today's show is brought to you by Exults and ServiceMinder. ServiceMinder is the platform for managing and operating home services brands, from tracking marketing efforts to delivering professional online proposals directly to clients, to lead capture, to automating daily tasks. ServiceMinder provides unique tools and integrations designed to make your brand stand out from competitors. See why ServiceMinder currently supports more than 50 home services franchise brands and integration partners. Book a demo today at serviceminder.io. Continuing our series on catching up with our franchise friends, I've got a very special couple of folks joining me now. It's Mark Liston and Mary Kay Liston joining us from, you're in Florida now, right? Is that correct? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being here, both of you. It's uh, It's been a while. Well, I'll take that back. We actually did see each other briefly in California a few weeks ago, but before that, it had been probably two, two and a half years until since the last time I saw you guys in person. Yeah, we got COVIDed out <laughs> like everybody did. Yeah, you, you and about 200,000 other businesses, I think. So So let's start there. Um, tell me what you guys are up to. I, I know you had, you know, sort of your, your exit from your, uh, your uh, jobs within the neighborly brand. And um, let's start there. How did that how did that go? How did you plan for it? And, and what was it like to actually have uh, an exit strategy come together? Well, I retired sooner than Mary Kay by about two and a half months. But she had <laughs> planned to retirement sooner than I. And, and I really think how Mary Kay left the company was extremely classy. Can okay, talk about that just a little bit? Sure. I, I, at the time, I was president of Molly Maid. And it was my second role at being uh, president for a neighborly brand. But we were living in Michigan and COVID had occurred. Mm. We shut our offices. Everybody was working remotely and Mark was getting ready to retire. <laughs> we both turned 66 and I said, you know what? It's time. So I went to Mary Thompson and I told her, um, can you please start planning for my replacement because I'm going to retire this year, but I didn't want to go before the, the path was already cleared for my successor. So I told Mary early in the year that um, this was going to be the year I retire. And she went right to work in finding a, a great replacement. And it took a while. It took probably eight months, but uh, by the time, uh, Vera got put in place and, and everything was smooth sailing. And that's when I bowed out gracefully. You know what I really like about that too, is the fact that Mary got right to work on yeah. it. Because I think there are a lot of uh, executives in this world and, and, and she's definitely not one of them who would take that as a, 
oh, great, we're, we're going to be able to hold on to Mary Kay for a while, and I can procrastinate, I can kick this can down the road, and I'll worry about it maybe in December. And, and that's totally the wrong way for, for a, a company to go. So I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, you know, that wasn't the direction because that doesn't help anyone, you or the person coming in as well. That's right. And Molly made was, I believe it still is, the largest domestic brand under the neighborly umbrella. Mm -hmm. So it was really important that they get it right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was an interesting time and we'll we'll get into some of the current challenges in a minute too. But um Molly made I'm sure had a had a lot of changes from 2020, 2021 to this year with just the way they operate, the way they clean people's homes, the way they, they clean anything. Um, definitely a, a, a huge time for change. Um, Mark, you mentioned uh, before we got on the air today about, uh, you know, having that preparation in place for retirement. Um, I think we all know it's important, but I think a lot of people don't do it. You know, it's it's uh, it's something that, like I said, you you kind of kick the can down the road and think, well, when it happens, it happens. Um, tell me more about your thoughts on on preparing for yourself and preparing for your successor. One of the things that I think is so important is preparing financially. Mm. We had a, a great financial advisor that had worked with Maybelline for several years and became our personal financial advisor. And for several years, we said, well, it's time. We want to do this. We want to make sure that we're financially ready. And he told us about a year before we retired, now you're financially ready. And I remember we called him up and we said, Russell, uh, we're thinking about this then. Is it okay? And he says, Mark, I told you for a year, you're financially ready. But, that, but that's huge. It's really huge because what you don't want to do is retire play golf for four or five weeks and say, let's look at the checkbook. Geez, uh, this is real different now because I don't get paychecks anymore. <laughs> and, and then they go back to work. Hey, Mary, listen, uh, I'd like to come back to work now because we're broke, quite frankly. So I think that's number one. I think number two, like Mary Kay said, have your, have your people ready. And I had my people ready. In fact, before I left as the president, we moved to Michigan. I took on a different role. And my vice president, who was also a fabulous franchisee before that and sold his business, I hired him to be ready. And he was with us probably a year and a half, two years. By that time, he was more than ready. He was, and he's a great company president now. But I felt good handing over the reins after being president for uh, maybe eight years, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure our franchisees were taken care of very well. And I knew once I left and Brad stepped in, um, he'd do a better job than I would, quite frankly, different background and have great respect. And that was important for the brand. I I think there's a leadership principle in there, too, about finding someone who you think and hope will actually do a better job than you did over the past few years. And I think there are a lot of uh, uh, very weak people in leadership positions who secretly want someone who will maybe tank, right? So everyone will remember how great I was and, and you know, <laughs> I'm going to be the greatest president ever. You know? <laughs> I think with age goes away some ego mm, mm. and with 
look at what's good for the brand. You know, it's like having kids. Yeah. When they're home, you want them to do better than they were doing when they were at home. And that's hard, but that's so important. And when you leave the job as a president of a brand, you want to make sure the brand does well, continues well, and actually does better because of the people that you picked. And yeah. I felt great. Yeah. You know, Jack, when, when it was time for me to replace myself at Five Star Painting in order to take the role at Molly Made, I, I knew that I had to tee somebody up. And so years before that, a couple of years before that, I became acquainted with, um, with a guy who had met people at CFE classes. And he had continued to network with people at Neighborly through that. When it came time for me to look for a vice president, I went to my colleagues at the company and said, who do you know in franchising? And this guy's name popped right up. And um, it was because he was forthcoming and not shy at all in the CFE classes to meet somebody. He networked like crazy at the IFA conventions. And when the time was right, when the opportunity presented itself, he was ready to take advantage of that. And it turned out to be the perfect fit for me, working with me for a couple of years. And then he's been the president of that brand now since then and doing a fabulous job. But I think that that's just another plug for get involved with, with the IFA and in particular, get your CFE, because it's not just knowledge that you get, it's the people that you meet. Yeah, I see that all the time with uh, anytime my friends are going through the CFE program now, um, it, it feels like they're going through a little bit of a boot camp, right? And, and they come out of it with friends who they probably would not have met if they hadn't signed up for this and, and you know, gone through this experience together. And I think the, the key thing you said there, Mary Kay, is the word networking. And, and I know you two are are, you know, longtime pros at that. And, and I'm trying to be a, a longtime pro at that. But I don't think anyone just turns to um, someone they've never met before or have no idea about and says, you know, I think this person would be a great replacement for me, or I think they'd be a great president for my brand that I've been building up for years. No, you, you want someone who you've, you've spent some time with, and you know that, um, you know, they can, they can handle the things maybe better than you've handled them. And, and networking is the only way we meet those people. It, it, there's not a, uh, there's not a service out there that just, you know, turns up the right people at the right time. Right. When we both worked for Valpac, Joe Bordeaux was the president who got a CFE and then became on the board. Joe described it as the largest rotary club in the world. And <laughs> we saw that because of networking. And that's how we both met Dina. Got it. That worked out well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Mary Kay, you mentioned earlier um, just how different franchising and, and maybe some specific brands and, and small business ownership, how different it is now from even two or three years ago. And, and just the challenges have changed so drastically. Is there anything you'd like to share about that or or maybe tell to some of your uh, some of your friends in networking ab about how those challenges have changed. I think one of the one of the things that we all learned very quickly when we started closing offices and setting people up to work remotely is that you've really got to get to know your people 
whole lot better than you ever did before. Some people took to the remote working very well and some struggled. And a leader needed to be sensitive to that and understand that those are real feelings that people are trying to process and going through in order to continue to do their job to the level that you need them to. So we all, I think, got a little bit more um, sensitive about what's going on with our people. And you couldn't see them every day. Um, certainly yeah. not live. Yes, on yeah. Zoom, but you couldn't you couldn't be with them and, and have them just pop in. So we had to learn how to do things differently. And I think that that's healthy. I think it's healthy in the work relationship, but it's also incredibly challenging. And in the beginning, as you recall, nobody knew when we were going to go back to in-person on-site work. Yeah. So it was huge unknown. Everybody was dealing with uncertainty. And uh, certainly now people have had a chance to figure it out. But I think that's one of the reasons why finding people, even in corporate settings today, is so difficult. Why the great resignation took place, because some companies, I believe, were just not sensitive enough to what folks were going through. And, um, and so the, we're, we're seeing that now. But I think also, in addition to finding people um, in the corporate setting, then uh, finding people to do the work is a challenge that is unprecedented. And I know that franchise owners that I've worked with have struggled with that for years. It's been the number one issue finding workers, but it's just gotten so much worse now. So owners, franchise owners need to be a little more aggressive about things like benefits and caring about the people you know who work for them or showing that they care. Certainly they've always cared, but showing that they care and being more overt about it. I'll piggyback on both areas, Jack. Going back to the first thing Mary Kay was saying, we were talking about the staffing as a franchise consultant or whatever term you may use in your company. Gone are the days of calling you up and saying, hey, how's that weather in Chicago? And how about them? About them cubbies. <laughs> you don't do that anymore because this is how you're keeping in contact with everybody. And you need to bring something to the table as a franchise consultant where that franchisee is not going to see you as often. So are you really helping them? Do they, do they view that franchise consultant as a partner in their business that can really take them from here to here? And then I'll, I'll go back on what Mary Kay was saying too. It used to be, I would talk to franchisees and they say, well, I can't hire anybody. And I would say, well, tell me about your program. Well, I, I can't afford benefits and, and I can't do this and I can't do this. And I would say to them, well, based on that, I wouldn't come to work for you either. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to look at what you're offering somebody and keep in mind that you're really in competition. Back before, uh, when I was on the franchise side, we looked at offering benefits, and this goes back a long, long time ago. But, you know, we were always worried about the wife of an employee sitting around with a bunch of other ladies, chit-chatting, and all of a sudden, one gets a bill, and her husband works for the county or the state. And the county and the state, as we both know, all have great benefits. And they say, well, my, comp my husband works for X, and they offer nothing. Well, you can't do that anymore. Uh, I think the other way of, of interviewing and hiring is very different than it was before. 
I remember walking into office and I see three inches of applications. And the person would say, well, when I get time, I have to go through those. You can't do that anymore. When you have a good application, you need to get in touch with that person immediately, preferably by text, and saying, I'm very interested in you. Here's our next step in the hiring process. Because at that same time, they're interviewing with 15 other companies. And so the whole process of, of doing hiring and then the interviewing and then the onboarding is real different than it used to be. Yeah. And something that really resonated with what you said there about an employer that says, well, we, I can't do benefits and I can't pay more than X dollars per hour and I can't be flexible. Um, it, at some point, you're going to can't yourself out of business because there's not going to be anybody to serve the food, clean the room, you know, do whatever the job is. And, and I think that is the challenge right now is how do I, how do I make, you know, X plus Y equals Z? Like, how, how do I fit that in? And it's really not that different than it was in decades past. It's just a different set of challenges. One of the things we also did, Jack, is Mary Kay and I put our home phone number when we had a home phone, our cell phone <laughs> number on our business cards. And every franchisee, and when we sent an email, it had our home phone number. So anytime we sent an email, anytime we gave anybody a, a business card, number was on there. And I'd always tell them, if there's a problem, call me. What that did, it took away all the excuses like, well, this didn't happen and no one called on me. Yeah. Hey, got my phone number. If there's an issue, call me. The interesting thing, Jack, in, in eight years as a president, I didn't get one phone call. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. Yep. I totally believe that too, because it's, it's the offer is on the table. If you need help, you know, you know, th there are two rules that, that I love one, if somebody needs help, help them. And two, if you need help ask, right? right. And, and, you know, the fact that you had your number out there, I do the same thing with, with all of my clients, every client that I have has my cell phone number. It's on my business card. It's on my website. It's on my LinkedIn page. Like you can't ever say you couldn't find me. <laughs> if you, if you have a phone, you can find me pretty easily, right? There, there's not really much of an excuse of, well, you didn't get back to me. Here I am. So I love that idea of just being transparent and available. And, um, and anybody who thinks that's going to keep you up at night with a lot of phone calls, you don't really understand how people work these days. So I love that story, Mark. Before we go, I want to ask both of you, about leadership. This has been my favorite thing of asking uh, some of my old friends about over the past six months or so. And we'll start with you, Mary Kay. Tell me about leadership. What makes a great leader? Mm. I read in a book once that leaders should be beacons of positivity. Mm. And I believe that. I believe that people should uh, be able to go to their leader and have hope for the future or get a glimpse of how wonderful things can be. And that's because the, the leader is always positive. Now, are they, was I Pollyanna? No. If there was difficult news to deliver, was I able to do that? Of course. But be that beacon of positivity for all of those who come in contact with you. And I think that helps you lead the way. You're shining a light on the future. It's leading away in a positive fashion. But what Mark said earlier, too, about being available is also critical because a good leader knows that they're not going to get 
the company where it needs to be certainly on their own shoulders. It's got to be borne by the, the shoulders of everybody that they hire. And um, I, I think that you've got to be available to people. I'm not sure that means sitting in a pod with everyone or, you know, but, but now that, that we're doing a lot of remote stuff, you've got to be easy to access. You've got to be easy to reach and um, not shy away from challenges or problems. It's important to um, delegate. It's important to delegate, but it's equally important to own whatever the issues are. Excellent. Mark, anything to add to that? Uh, you know, what do you see as something that makes someone a remarkable leader? Number one for me is to listen. And number two, respond. We work for somebody, again, Joe at Valpac, who was the very best at responding to people. And he would say, I'm not a good leader, but I'm the one who answers the phone if they can't get a hold of anybody else. I'm the one who sends an email back right away. And when you see that happening, or like with Dina, you know, we're walking down the street to a different office, and here's Dina picking up um, pieces of paper in the lawn. Like, oh, I should have picked that up first. <laughs> so, but, but it's what you see. It's, it's what you do. And when you, when you make it so that people want to tell you what's going on, secondly, when they want to tell you the truth, it's kind of your kids, Jack. So if your kids know that if they tell you the truth, you get upset and you yell at them. All of a sudden, they're not going to tell you the truth. They're going to tell you lies. Well, if you have somebody that works for you, gosh, I hope they make mistakes because I'm going to make way more than they are. So when they talk to me, it's not like jumping on their case at all. Well, let's talk through that. Did you learn anything from that? You know, what would you have done different now that we look back on that? Mary Kay was better at that than I was. But being real positive about that and make it so that their learning experiences and acknowledge the fact that we're all going to make mistakes, but that's how we're going to grow and responding right away. The other thing Mary Kay was very good at is she would always, uh, I don't want to say rehearse, recite. If someone said her some, said something to her, she would say, what I'm hearing is, and then you say that, or if someone sends you a message, what I heard you say was well, just send a quick email back or text back. What I heard you say was, they know that you're listening. And then you know that based on that, you can take action. But I think that leadership, it's different than it used to be. Uh, it's very different than what it used to be. But now, I, I, think, like I, think it's, I think it's better, right? I, you know, uh, what you said about listening, um, that really resonated with me as well. Um, we used to see quote unquote leaders who just barked orders and, and everybody jumped and ran and did everything. But, you know, having that, that clarity when, when Mary Kay, you know, responds and sort of uh, paraphrases what the person was saying, that does a couple of things. One, it makes sure that we all understood each other properly because there's a lot of ways to screw up communications these days, especially over text right? And especially when we're not in person. Um, so I, I love that idea of, of clarity and actually listening with the intent to understand, not just to, you know, bark out orders and, and tell people, you know, do it my way or the highway. So love all of those ideas, guys. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for uh, giving us some time here 
Um, I know you've got a, a busy schedule with with lots of grandkids and lots of family. Um, will we see you anytime in the near future, maybe at a franchise event or maybe at an IFA convention or anything like that? Are you going to come join us again uh, and, yeah, our, and have a toast? Our goal is to always be at the franchise conventions. I still get, I'm still a member. Or we, I said, we're still a member. I get the emails every day, go through them every day. And, um, and we still reach out. We still reach out to our legislators, oh, just good. like uh, franchisees <laughs> and franchisors are encouraged to do. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So it's like it's like we never left from that standpoint, <laughs> except we don't have to get up and go to work every morning. Right, right. <laughs> when when the rest of us are up at uh, five thirty, you you still have a couple more hours. So, um, well, thank you again for that, and and we look forward to, to seeing you at an IFA event in the near future. And uh, maybe a few remote happy hours between now and then. Great. Thanks, Jack. And remind everybody, get your CFE. It can change your life. Before we go, a quick word from today's sponsor, Exults. Creating solutions and driving results for over 15 years, Exults is founded on the foundation of driving results. Recent demand has picked up in the digital human resources and recruiting space, and Exalts is driving qualified candidates to clients. Exalts also drives digital public relations online, allowing your franchise to control the conversation related to your brand. Learn more at Exalts.com. Exalts, driving leads, driving results. And thanks for listening to Social Geek. We're here to help you get yourself ready for the comeback of a lifetime. This is the Social Geek Radio Network.